Let's all just take a deep cleansing breath. (sighs) Because we are about to embark on one of the most amazing journeys. We are talking about Monaco. (sighs) The crown jewel of formula racing. Monaco is magic. Pure magic. And this is coming from someone who's never once been to Monaco. I can just feel it. It's palpable. Through the TV screen, you just feel it. It's immeasurable how special this place is. This Grand Prix is. So I'm going to try to bring that to this episode. I don't think I will do it justice because nothing will match how it feels on race weekend. I'm Victoria Scanlon and this is Anver Racing. Let's learn a little bit about Monaco, shall we? The Franco-Monegas Treaty of 1861 officially recognized Monaco as a sovereign state and stated that France would defend the independence and sovereignty of Monaco. In terms of land size, Monaco sits a modest 2.02 kilometers squared. If you've ever been to Central Park in Manhattan, Monaco would take up about 60% of Central Park. It's that itty-bitty. Monaco is the second smallest independent state in the world. It is synonymous with luxury and opulence and fancy schmancy people. Tourism is a major earner for the economy. The country is also a major banking center. They do not tax their residents' income tax. Hence why there are so many multi-million and billionaires living in Monaco. Monaco has a poverty rate of zero. Quel surprise! Their population is approximately 36,600 and there are so many things to do should you choose to take a trip there. Most of the things I found to do from the Monaco tourism website just seemed like personal collections of the prints that were in storage but also on display for people to look at. I'm not joking. So For example, something you can do is you can check out a selection of the personal car collection of Prince Albert. Just a few, a modest 70 cars, can be seen on display at the main port. They also have a museum of prehistoric anthropology, and they have a stamp and coin museum, which again houses the collections of the Prince of Monaco. Another thing to do there, do I need to say it? Yeah, Shopping. So much luxury shopping to be done. If you've got, you know, a couple thousand dollars burning a hole in your pocket, maybe get a Versace scarf or a Louis Vuitton bag. You know, normal people things. This year marks the 80th anniversary of the Monaco Grand Prix. The Monaco Grand Prix has run annually since 1929. It's right up there in popularity with the Indy 500 and the 24 Hours of Le Mans. The race was first won by William Grover Williams in his Bugatti Type 35B. Williams 
part-time race car driver, full-time spy. He worked for SEO, Special Operations Executive, a World War II British intelligence organization. This circuit has many elevation changes, tight corners, and it's a narrow course that perhaps makes it one of the most demanding tracks in Formula One racing. Notable GPs include the 1955 Monaco Grand Prix, where Alberto Ascari went right into the harbor. That's right. Just drove right off the edge and into the harbor. I watched a YouTube video of it. You saw him go whoop and then disappear and then pop back up with his little blue helmet as he swam to one of the boats that was sent to rescue him. Another notable Grand Prix, 1996, a wet and chaotic running of the Monaco Grand Prix in which only four cars, that's right, four, finished the race. A couple notes for this year's Grand Prix. For the first time ever, F1 TV is the exclusive production company covering the event. So we are going to see some spectacular, never-before-seen views, like helicopter shots. I mean, obviously I've already watched the race, and I can say yes. Yes, yes, yes. It was top-notch broadcasting. Another noteworthy thing to point out, the circuit has been resurfaced since last year, which brings new challenges as the teams work to find the rate configuration for their car. Also, this Sunday is Haas's 150th anniversary. Yay! Except, oh, they have not had a podium or a race win ever. It is the longest wait ever to get there. But hey, that's okay. We'll do it. We'll get a win. Monaco is going through a drought right now, so the classic Red Bull pool that the winner generally jumps into has been replaced with a Red Bull ball pit. Cute, but not quite as fun. But cute. Leclerc going for his third consecutive pole. The only other driver to do this was Ayrton Senna in 1990. And some celebrity news, Tom Holland the Spider-Man, he will be waving the checkered flag at the end of Sunday's Grand Prix. Track stats. The Circuit du Monaco, 3.3 kilometers, 78 laps, 260-ish kilometers in total, 19 turns, one DRS zone, elevation change of 42 meters. We'll see top speeds of 325 kph, and the fastest lap record goes to none other than reigning world champion Max Verstappen for his 114.26 lap back in 2016. Last year, Perez sat atop the podium, taking home the win. Home GPs Charles Leclerc and younger brother Arthur Leclerc, who drives in F2. Free practice one. A puncture right off the top for Kevin Magnussen in the Haas. Not a great start to his weekend. Logan Sargent, problems with the rear right wheel. Couldn't get it off. We've seen this issue before. Mind you, it was very hot out on track, but still not good. With just about three minutes left in FP1, Alex Albon has a big moment into the wall, putting a stop to practice session he entirely wiped out the side of his Williams. Eek! That will be a busy garage as we prepare for free practice two. FP2. 
here's the work that went down in the Williams garage on Alex Albon's car. They gave him a new gearbox, floor, front suspension, and rear wing. Ouch, that has got to hurt the pocket. Ferrari, bringing new power unit updates to this Grand Prix fairly early in the season, so indication that there also might be penalties there in the future. I was listening to the commentary in FP2, and David Coulthard, who I love listening to, his Scottish accent, so entertaining, uh, he was speaking to driver confidence. So running with a safety net behind you and building it through the weekend. So FP1, you go in, you're holding back a little bit as you adjust. FP2, you go in a little bit more, a little less of a safety net. FP3, here we go. We're pretty much full running now because we're heading into qualifying. And how it's especially important on a track like Monaco that is so intense. Then we come to Carlos Sainz. Oh, on the right-hander of turn 13, goes into the barrier, brings out the red flag. Carlos did such a good job of keeping his cool on the way back. I'd imagine that he's trying to not let what just happened hurt his confidence as he's trying to build towards the race. He's got the weight of his team on his shoulders, and that's a lot to process. FP3, Magnussen goes off at Saint-Devaux, where he previously went off earlier in practice. And then he's told to turn off the car, turn off the car, turn off the car. And that brings out the yellow flag. Then Hamilton, right before the hairpin, goes into the wall, bringing out a red flag. It's been an eventful free practice. There were other yellow flags in there that I didn't mention, but just too many. I'm giving you the highlights. Going into quali, here's what I'm thinking. Every single lap counts because you never know what's going to happen. You have to be 100% on. And that drama, mm, it makes it so thrilling as a spectator. I love it. Oh, I can't get enough. Let's go into qualifying. We have the C5, C4, and C3 tire available to our teams. Q1, Sergio Perez into the Tech Pro at St. Javot. Red flag starting at the back of the grid. Woof. That has got to suck. And then they lift his car out off the circuit with a crane. It was such a spectacular view. I couldn't believe it. At this point, while the red flag is out and cars are in the garages, guess who's sitting at the top of the timesheet? McLaren. McLaren sitting one and two right now with Joe behind them. Okay, granted, this has actually no weight to it because literally they just got on track, but great. It's maybe the only time this season you'll be at the top of the timesheet. Awkward. That's okay. Good job. Just over 10 minutes remaining in Q1 and we restart. Hamilton makes a mistake at the chicane, needs to go for another flying lap, currently sitting in P15. Are we going to see a repeat of what happened in Miami? No, he pulls it together and gets himself out of the drop zone, leaving us in Q1 from 20th to 16th. We have Perez, Joe, Hulkenberg, Magnuson, and Sargent. Q2, Lando, a little... French kissy kissy coming out of Tabac. Lewis into the drop zone again, needing him to save himself again. 
manages to pull it off and goes P5. Drivers were saying goodbye to taking P15 to P11 in Q2, Bottas, Stroll, Albon, DeVries, and Piastri. Q3, things are looking good. Three minutes to go. Ocon, the French hero, goes P1 in the Alpine. Shocker. Two minutes to go, and it is wild. Just total chaos. Everyone's going hard. We finished Q3 with an investigation ongoing. Leclerc being investigated for impeding on Norris. We will find out how that turns out. But for now, the starting grid for Sunday's Grand Prix from 20th to pole, we have... Perez, Joe, Hulkenberg in P18, Magnussen P17, Sargent P16, Bottas P15, Stroll P14, Albon P13, DeVries in 12th, Piastri and 11th. Front half of the grid, Norris in 10th, rounding out the top 10, and beside him, Tsunoda, Russell in 8th, Gasly 7th, Hamilton 6th, Science taking P5, Ocon, surprise, surprise, P4. Top three, we have Leclerc in P3 and a front row of Alonso and Verstappen sitting on pole. Should be an interesting Grand Prix. Here's my podium prediction. Knowing that it's very tough to overtake on the Monaco circuit and that there is quite often rain at the Monaco circuit, I'm going really safe here. I'm going for a Verstappen win. Alonzo second, and Leclerc third. Just real safe. Let's get to the race. First off, sadly, yes. Charles Leclerc was found to be impeding, and he is set back three positions. He'll now be starting in P7. Green flag at the back of the grid, lights out, and we are racing in Monaco. Lots of movement at the back of the grid, and already early pits for teams. Perez, Joe, and Hulkenberg already pitting. Nico receiving a five-second penalty for an incident with Sargent. Lap 7. Yeah, that's where we are. Lap seven. And Perez, who, again, had that early pit, consistently putting in fastest laps. He is determined to make his way up that grid. Carlos also pushing and putting pressure on Akon, and in doing so, clips his front wing right before the chicane, which brings out a yellow flag. Science just being a little bit aggressive here, gets the black and white flag. Ooh, watch out, Carlos. Early into the race, we have a really nice overtake. K-Mag passing Sergeant, heading into the hairpin. Perez and Stroll shortly thereafter following. Hulkenberg also piggybacking and passing Sergeant. A nice little boop, 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 boop series of overtakes there. Poor Logan Sergeant, though. But again, he's a rookie here, so I'll give it to him. He's learning. Lap 22, and the lead... In the front is growing. Max Verstappen, 9.4 seconds ahead. Fast forward to lap 33. Leclerc, who is currently sitting in P4, told to push with everything he has to get ahead. Definitely looking for that third podium spot here. Halfway through and the top five still needing to make that mandatory compound switch. Here's where things get interesting. Lap 51. We're starting to see some rain. Lap 53, and things are starting to get slick. The yellow and red flag is 
out. All of a sudden, the race picks up and people start pitting. Joe, Albon, both pitting for the Inters. Sargent, Sunoda, pitting for the Inters. Alonso, pitting for the mediums. Russell, pitting for the Inters. Hamilton, Ocon, Gasly, pitting for the Inters. Then we have some yellow flags. A yellow flag for Sainz when he goes into Maribo. Another yellow flag for Sainz on a little Tokyo drift moment. Stroll hits the wall at the hairpin and slides down like a Canuck on ice and needs to retire the Aston Martin. Red Bull then pits and switches to the Inters. Alonso shortly following, switching to the Inters. Ferrari, a double stack pit, switching to the Inters. It's getting even wetter out there. Magnuson, pitting for the full wets. Yellow flag for Sargent at the hairpin. Perez pitting for the full wets. Sargent speeding in the pit lanes. Unsafe release for Russell. Five-second penalty. Magnuson, yellow flag. Holkenberg, a 10-second penalty for incorrectly serving a previous penalty. Black and white flag for Gasly. 10 laps to go. Piastri overtakes Sonoda. Both McLarens into the points. Yuki down on escape road. Yellow flag. Hamilton putting in fastest lap after fastest lap. Perez pitting again. Switching to the Inters. Three laps to go. Magnussen retires. And we finish with double points for Ferrari, Mercedes, McLaren, and Alpine. Here is the final lineup. Taking the race win, we have reigning world champion Max Verstappen, second Alonso, and third, surprise, surprise, Esteban Ocon. Taking fourth, Lewis Hamilton, fifth, George Russell, sixth, Charles Leclerc, seventh, Pierre Gasly, eighth, Carlos Sainz, ninth, Lando Norris, tenth, Oscar Piastri in the back half, P11, Valtteri Bottas, P12, De Vries, finishing 13th, Joe, 14th, Alex Albon, 15th, Yuki Tsunoda, 16th, Nico Hulkenberg, 17th, Perez, 18th, Sargent, and we have two DNFs, Kevin Magnussen and Lance Stroll. Fastest lap of the race goes to Max Verstappen with a 148.51. This is the 39th career win for Max Verstappen. Also notably, Fernando Alonso is the oldest driver in history to stand on the podium at Monaco. It's time to rate this race. Okay, so at the beginning, I thought, yeah, it's good. Classic. Lots of yellow flags. I'm enjoying it. And then, of course, it's magic. It's Monaco. What a twist towards the end. The rain came down and all hell broke loose. So I'm giving the 2023 Monaco Grand Prix a 9 out of 10. It was that good. It was so exciting to watch the chaos ensue at the end. Like, grab your popcorn. To be at home and watch it was just so entertaining. I feel like being in it would be so stressful. But for me, yeah, 9 out of 10. It was great. It's time for Super Fan of the Weekend. Now, It was a little tough to pick a super fan. Number one, it's hard to see the stands from the camera angles we had. Okay, fair. But also, it's Monaco. And I don't feel, again, my opinion, it doesn't seem to me that Monaco is the kind of place where people dress up for races. Just seems a little bit more posh than that. 
But that said, there was a group of people on a balcony right by the start finish straight and they were so good that the camera operator cut to them twice. This weekend's super fan of the weekend goes to balcony people. That's right. The balcony people cheering on their hero, Max Verstappen, head to toe in orange, big Dutch flag hanging over the balcony. Rain or shine, they were there and cheering. So congratulations, Dutch balcony fans. You are our super fan of the weekend. What did I learn this weekend? Well, during the end of the race, when things got hectic and there were so many pits and so many tire changes, I had questions about tires. So here are some questions I had and the answers I found. Question number one. How much does an F1 tire weigh? A tire weighs anywhere between 20 and 25 pounds, which is funny because they look like they weigh a lot more. If you've ever lugged around the tires for your personal vehicle at home, they weigh a lot more than that. So I was really surprised to find out they're actually quite light. Question number two, how much does an F1 tire cost for a set of slicks? It's going to run you about 2700 US dollars, which in all honesty kind of surprised me. I thought the price point would be a lot higher considering they're so unique and so developed. Like there's so much research and development that goes into them. I kind of thought there'd be more than that. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's expensive, but for an F1 team, that's nothing. Literally pennies. I have more questions about tires, but I'm going to save that for another episode because either during the summer break or the off season, I'm going to do an entire episode about Pirelli. My thoughts leaving Monaco. Thought number one, what's going on with Ferrari? I feel like the poor communication and poor strategy that we left last season with has sort of carried over and no doubt it's frustrating for their drivers and the team and you can just hear that in the radio chatter. Thought number two, who is going to catch Max Verstappen? Like who's going to do it? He is miles ahead of the rest of the grid and it's spectacular to watch but he makes it look so easy. I no doubt it's very challenging and he is an incredibly talented and well-trained and dedicated driver, but holy smokes. That kid is flying. Oof. That wraps things up for this week's episode. Thank you for coming with me on a journey to Monaco. Maybe someday we'll go together in person. I'll see you over there in one of the grandstands and I'll wave and you'll wave back and we'll just be like, look at us. Who'd have thunk? Here in Monaco at a Grand Prix. That's the dream and I'm going to keep chasing it because why not? Anyways, thank you so much for joining me. Of course, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. Check me out on Instagram and TikTok at awr underscore pod. We will see you 
very shortly in Barcelona. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in. Bye.